0: We've got serious problems, and we need serious people. And if you want to talk about character, Bob, you better come at me with more than a burning flag and a membership card. If you want to talk about character and American values, fine. Just tell me where and when, and I'll show up. This is a time for serious people, Bob, and your 15 minutes are up. My name is Andrew Shepard, and I am the president. Welcome yet again to the Deep Dive Podcast, where each episode we strive to find something, anything to watch on streaming media. From Hulu to HBO Max, from Amazon Prime to Apple TV Plus, we sacrifice hours of our otherwise potentially <laughs> productive time to serve you. So it is now a be br- fair. Yeah, well, okay.
1: Be fair. Is it really that productive?
0: Um.
1: Okay, I'm, just roll with it. Just, I'll go with it.
0: Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes because nobody else knows any better. Um, so I'm just gonna say <clears throat> yes. Uh, and I'm, you know, I mean, playing, you know, uh, playing solitaire is productive, don't you think? I think so. yeah true. I'm minesweeper a, too. Yeah. Oh, minesweeper. That takes me back. <laughs> way Nerd. too far. Thank you.
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: All right. So, it is a brand new year, and we are the same tired old hosts. Uh, I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wingshot Movie Magazine, and with me, as always, is my co-host, uh, the magnificent Manda.
1: That's right. And we're still calling myself the Mandalorian because we haven't been sued yet.
0: That is true. That is true. Although, I was thinking we might transition to MandaVision, because I kind of like that, too.
1: Ooh. I all right. I, I'm with it. I'm with it. I accept it.
0: <laughs> I figured that you is might be.
1: cool. Oh man! By the way, that intro from the American President. Gotta love when Michael Douglas was like kind of too old to be really good looking, but also like he was kind of okay in that movie. It gave me weird feelings.
0: Yeah, I understand that, but you know, <laughs> but for me, Annette Benning, you know, she was glowing, and it just you know, she was just like amazing.
1: Yeah, so. and you know. That movie, I don't I don't actually remember when it came out. Probably, like, I don't know, late 90s, maybe even mid-90s. But it feels like it was forever ago. Yeah. But yeah. it really wasn't. Well, yeah.
0: Was, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it was that um, that film that got uh, Aaron Sorkin to make The West Wing because he wrote that film, too. He wrote The American President. Oh! And, you know, Mark no Sheen kidding. was in that as well. Yeah. And they— you know, got got together again and did uh the West Wing for seven years. And, you know, it was, was an incredible show. Didn't Rob Reiner direct that? He did. Yes, he absolutely yeah. did. And, you know, I Rob, love Rob Reiner. Yeah, I do, too. You know, it's funny because his films are not flashy. Right. Um, They're not like special effects extravaganzas or a lot of weird camera angles and things like that. But he, you know, you give him a good, solid script and he can make a great movie out of it. Uh, so yeah, you know, gotta give uh, gotta give props to old Meathead.
1: <laughs> I think of every movie that he, that he that he's done. I'm sure he's got. I mean, he did Wolf of Wall Street. I think uh, he also did uh, All in the Family, that TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he just and That's what I'm gonna remember him or you know? think of him as.
0: Final. Ugh, so brilliant. <laughs> It's a good movie.
1: Oh. Um, but I digress. There is a reason why you played that clip, that clip of the uh, American president.
0: That is correct. Uh, because
1: it's, it's Michael Douglas Day.
0: Is that is it is? Oh my god! No, actually, actually. I to <laughs> Man <Ant-Man> again.
1: <laughs> Technically, when we're recording this, it's Burns Night. So, uh, happy Burns Night to all of our Scottish listeners, all three of you. I. I uh, hope you stay safe, <laughs> and enjoy this night as much as you can with. Keep... You know, everything going on.
0: Keep the breeze out of your kilts.
1: (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Mm -hmm, I love how mm -hmm. we can
1: always make that joke and it just never
0: gets old. (gasps) Yes, it never gets old to us.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Did I tell you that I'm actually a lady? I'm a lady.
0: Is that how you self-identify? I'm not. (laughs) What does that mean?
1: Well, it means that I am now part of the landed gentry of Scotland. I am a lady. I now own land in Scotland, and I can technically call myself Lady Manda if I wanted to.
0: Wow. I have a certificate and everything. My goodness, yeah. that's impressive. It was
1: thank you. It was a gift from my husband, <laughs> and now I force him to do anything I want. Uh, you know, at my will, and I just say it's because I'm a lady.
0: Yeah, that's you know why. what you do behind closed doors is your business.
1: <laughs> but see, that's but a, I it's don't... a double thing there because uh, not only am I literally a lady, I pull in the uh, rooster cat. That famous line from Marie, it's a lady, that's why.
0: Oh, yes, of course. That's yes. Yeah. Good, good good throwback Disney reference. I like that.
1: So you can see, folks, or you can hear, I should say, we haven't really changed much, even though it's a new year. We still ramble and I still go
0: off on tangents. This is true. This is true. But it's 2021. So wow. we have Ooh. to ask ourselves, what wonders will this new year hold? What challenges Will it bring? Will the McRib <laughs> remain at McDonald's for longer than a limited time only? These are the important questions that we ask here on the Deep Dive Podcast. People want to know. Oh,
1: you know, I, I kind of hope that the McRib has a uh, very quiet death. We don't need that anymore. Uh, it's been years.
0: Speak for yourself.
1: Well, I, I will say that the uh, milkshake, the green milkshake, as it were. Ugh. Like. Exactly,
0: yeah, that I don't like. I love my Mcrib. I have one every day, and it's... <laughs> okay, not true, not true. Oh, not a, true. not day. true.
1: You haven't even left your house in eight months. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about eh, you know i I have the app,
0: which is like oh, right? fantastic <laughs> that's I do. A,
1: you know, that's been a thing for me that I've been struggling with because I realize just how much money I spend on uh food apps now. Whereas before, it just it didn't really cross my mind, but now the convenience is there, and it's like thanks, COVID, one more thing.
0: But, yeah, yeah, it just uh, you, ruined, know, you know, it killed the restaurant industry, but you know, it helped yeah. it helped for delivery services that take all the small mom and pop businesses money. Uh, <laughs> Sad. So
1: 2021, yes. it's, this is the first episode, I think, too, of this year. That we're, yeah, we've had a couple of uh, really awesome microcasts, so if you haven't had a chance, uh, go ahead and take a listen. The last one we just did on My Friend Martin, that was such a fantastic episode, by the way. You know, Kudos it was, it that was something was so I ran good. across.
0: Thank you, thank you. It was something I ran across and was like, wow, you know, I had no idea that there was this animated uh, yeah. movie about Martin Luther King Jr. That, you know, that's something that, that people should— you know if they haven't because apparently if you were born after a certain if you were like growing up in the two thousands or whatever as a kid, you probably saw it in school, but if you didn't, yeah. you would have no idea, so I thought it was kind of cool yeah
1: i yeah it definitely and it's it's a it's a clear example too of when directors and you know writers get it right where they're attempting to have these really heavy conversations with kids in a manner that you know uh it's absorbing they can absorb it, but it's not yeah. just full of you know everything that is totally sad about that but um yeah so first episode um man if i I think back on it, i think we're coming up close to like 84 85 episodes now yep
0: yep yep, we are
1: which is pretty crazy we are we are on our way to 100 episodes uh which by the way um, i'm not gonna spoil anything but i think we might have a surprise at 100 i don't know i don't know i haven't really talked to you about it. i just kind of put it out there
0: yeah yeah but now we have to personally if we're still here for 100 episodes that'll be the surprise <laughs> uh, No,
1: no 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 oh man as long as we so have fun doing year, it we'll do it ex- that's exactly it. i mean it's really just all about fun at this point but um uh yeah last year was a toughie um i think we really only got to do maybe maybe four or five uh episodes including the halloween month um in person yeah because of lockdown rules and quarantine rules so it, it was it was definitely tough i mean i just like to say to everyone listening out there like you know thanks for sticking with us we know that things haven't been the same for well really anybody but in terms of our podcast it's it's sometimes hard to not be you know in the studio and kind of bouncing off mm-hmm. you know there's always a sort of like delay so thanks everyone who's kind of stuck with us i mean i I'm excited for 2021 because despite it being pretty much the same conditions as it was, uh, you know, 25 days ago, uh, back in 2020, uh, you know, things are just a little bit brighter. I mean, we know we've got more people getting in line for vaccines. You know, we have a new president and things seem to be, well, I wouldn't say politically stable because we're still kind of up in arms. But Uh, we have a whole new administration, which just today they brought their dogs. Now we have our first dog in the White House. Not I the know. first dogs, but like the first dog, you know, like the first child or whatever.
0: I, you know, and I appreciate you not being, uh, not being cruel to Melania because you know I think she <laughs> kind of counts as that. But anyway, no, <laughs> no, it's terrible. Uh,
1: but I hope this year. This year, my hope for twenty twenty one really, I hope we get to get back in the studio, and I hope that we can, you know, start to get back some some level of normalcy, whether whether that's just you know kind of going out for a burger or. You know, not really worrying about catching the virus or the disease if yeah.
0: uh, you step outside. so that's my hope, <laughs> yeah, you know, and and I, I we're gonna get there. It's gonna take a while, yeah. but we're gonna get there. Uh, i'm I'm kind of curious to see, you know, the second half of this year uh, as things kind of go back to normal, but will they? That's what I'm curious to see. Will things go back to normal or will certain things that have happened? You know, what impact will they have on our society going forward? So, if we even really
1: want, right? And even if we really even want to go back to the way things, quote, were, you know, um, exactly. And now we're hyper aware of things that maybe we should have been aware of, you know, years ago, but it took COVID. Uh, But yeah, we'll we'll see. I did have, however, one news resolution that I gotta tell you, I followed through on.
0: Nice. Okay. It's probably
1: the the first one I've done in, I don't know, maybe 25 years or so. Um, I decided that I was going to finally take care of myself and I was going to get a very nice workspace for my work from home journey and for doing my schoolwork and whatnot. And it turns out that YouTube doesn't always lead you astray, which is a nice thing. I've been seeing a ton of these IKEA desks where you just kind of go and buy a couple of things, put it all together, bam, you have a desk. Yeah. Well, it we did that and I bought these two cabinets, got nice and nice drawers in them, bought a really cool plank of wood at a uh, Home Depot. My husband built out the drawers, which are really nice. And I have probably a good like fifty percent more space on my desk. Um, and I'm more comfortable. It's just it's kinda like my Zen zone. Wow.
0: And, I like and that. that's where I'm zen t- Zone.
1: The Zen zone. Yeah. So it's my one and only uh resolution for right now. But it came true. So if anything 2021
0: is starting off on a bang for me. Nice, nice. Now, I will have to say that, and I, I, I say this every year when it comes to New Year's resolutions, and then that I, that I only have one. And that <laughs> is to help other people Others. break their New Year's <laughs> resolutions, which has been very difficult because, you know, I don't really interact with most people. Thing. So you know. ins- so instead, I, I'm doing something different. Um, and this is not a joke. Uh, I'm getting a Peloton what yeah really really good for you yeah well it, i mean my wife is getting a peloton people? and i'm just going to use it but other well, than that but yeah Good for you
1: those
0: yeah. things are crazy expensive they are crazy expensive um and it was interesting because once we did this uh we had to go to a peloton store to get like fitted for things Wow. Um, yeah, because you have to wear special shoes that kind of clip onto the bike. Uh, and you oh. have to you have to find out what your exact uh, setting is for where the seat goes, how far back it is, the handlebars and all that fun stuff. Um, so like by a
1: motorcycle, only stationary.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll need a helmet for the Peloton, too, uh, <laughs> because I'm going to fall off that thing but it's uh, oh, it's man. interesting. I I'm kind of uh I'm kind of excited about it, which is odd. But hey, you never Except know. For right? you. Yeah. Yeah, you never why know. Not? So, there you go. Peloton uh I got you know what the thing is? And maybe you can help me out with this is I'm I have to come up with some kind of cool username for myself. <laughs> and uh, apparently Peloton is already taken.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: So, I can't, I, I don't know. I got to think of something.
1: You could be like uh, Pelotonic Acid.
0: True. Like Acid. <laughs> or I could, you know, I could start an acapella group and be uh, Pelotonics. Ooh. Um, yeah. Or I can be Smeloton. Uh <laughs> I, I cannot
1: wait to hear these, these, like, when you come up with them.
0: I don't know. I got to think of something cool, but in the meantime, I'm still waiting for for it to arrive. And you know, I don't know where I'm going to put it. I don't know where it's going to get set up, and all that fun things. But we will, well, we will see.
1: I'm happy. We'll we'll share some of your journey as it goes along.
0: Oh my you god! Know please no. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: will not Instagram those. My journey you know, on was a just stationary thinking, bike. Though, yeah. Yeah. Wait, that's they've been around for a long time, and Peloton's just kind of made a name for themselves. Oh yeah. But. but so it just got me thinking now that, you know, this is the first episode of January. We have kind of a couple things to catch up on. We might actually just think about doing a catch-up episode Ooh. of a lot of stuff. Because, I mean, the month of December produced quite a bit of things that we could talk about. I mean, hello, season two finale of The Mandalorian. Yes. Oh, that's a whole episode. That could be a whole episode, people. Oh, my goodness. I I, I still think about that and get sugars. Yeah. Um, And there was a bunch of stuff announced, which I know we did. We kind of highlighted a little bit in our last episode. Oh, what about WandaVision? That recently started. Yes, it did. And oh my goodness! At first, I was totally against it, and I'll tell you why. Wanda, the woman who plays her, the the sister triplet of the whoever's. Yeah. Uh, where's the accent? I'm a stickler for like trivial details and she lost her Russian accent in the second Avengers movie. And I just can't feel it. I just can't. It made me upset. So I said, I'm not going to watch this because you're not true to your character. Right. Cool. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, I don't get this. The first episode is like a TV show. Is it like the Brady Bunch? Like what's going on mm-hmm. here? Then I watched the second one. Then I watched the third one. And I'm going to say now I'll continue watching it. Cause it's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a slow burn. But it really is enough. Kind of little hints here and there of what's to come. So I think it should be pretty interesting. There's, I mean, there's still so many questions. So many questions. Oh
1: yeah. Oh my goodness. It's just like Disney Plus too. To like make this a weekly, um, weekly upload.
0: Yeah.
1: As opposed to things like with like Netflix, that they kind of allow you to binge because I think they want people to continue their subscription. Sure. But honestly, I, I think you should have the choice whether you want to binge it or not. That's just personally
0: my choice. I don't know because you know spoilers are tough to avoid these days.
1: This um, is true. This is true.
0: So I kind of I kind of like the idea that I can you know I can at least avoid spoilers for twelve hours. I'm good. I can do that. I know, but you
1: mm-hmm. know if I
0: was going to try to divide my viewing over a certain period of time, that would be tough for me. I couldn't do it. Right. But uh, yeah, Wandavision. I'm I'm very excited about it because it's. Mm-hmm. It's an odd experiment, but I am because I've you know I've read a lot of the comics that it refers to. I kind of have mm-hmm. an idea of what's going on, but I don't know for sure. And is there some like is there misdirection going on and all that? Like, but
1: what are they going to retcon? You know, I mean, I feel like some things they have to,
0: right? Because they just going
1: in it, yeah. yeah.
0: So what what what's the deal with the with the babies? What's the deal? How is Vision still and, alive? You know what? Yep. Who is controlling this environment? Is she controlling the environment or is somebody else controlling this environment? That's right. I think
1: like some weird time zone like like the experiment thing. Yeah. Is it, it is in her she, like mind or is it exactly. the actual
0: place?
1: Or did she get shield to do something? Yeah. And then, you know, she's hiding it from vision, which gonna cause like a huge stress level. Is it even really vision? We don't even know.
0: Yeah, we don't know. And even still, I mean, <clears throat> Shield is gone pretty much. Shield is, you know. Well, yeah. And sure. so this new organization, which uh, I recognize the the symbol, that sword uh, from the comics, which is actually an organization called Sword because, you know, we went from <laughs> shield to sword. This is a new organization. And we really sword don't know. Shield. Yeah, we really don't know what what their intentions are at this point. So it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be really cool. We've got like 10 episodes, I think.
1: Oh nice. Cool, so cool. So cool.
0: I am looking forward to that. All right. So shall we get to the meat and potatoes? Let's do it. All right. As we mentioned earlier, 2021, you know, looking at it, there may be some some hope on the horizon, right? There may mm-hmm. be something to look forward to. Now, despite an attempt to overthrow the American government by some truly misguided souls, as if we were some kind of third world nation like, oh, I don't know, France, uh, we now have a new vice president and president of the divided states of America. If you heard an odd noise after the inauguration, that was the sound of tens of millions of Americans relaxing their collective sphincters. <laughs> I, mean,
1: I was going to say taking a deep breath, but I mean, that too. Hey, <laughs> either
0: end works. Uh <laughs> yeah, that, just, oh, that was fine. good. It's fine. That was good. Um, so and at the beginning, at least, it seems like this new administration kind of knows what it's doing. So, you know, yep, yep. give us our vaccines. Now, what does <laughs> it, any of this have to do with our little corner of the podcast verse? Well, Manda and I decided that it would be appropriate to pick our favorite movies featuring the president. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure all right why not sure i've got a couple of choices
1: today because i thought you know oh man there's there's so many ways i could go with this i bet do i really kind of want to stick with like drama do i want to stick with funny <clears throat> i'll do the funny first okay uh i know we've talked about it before um but i still think it stands up as one of the best president movies pretty much ever uh, it is 1996's american comedy film starring jack lemon and james garner and dan Aykroyd and John Hurd my fellow Americans.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Yes, we have discussed
1: this we one have. before. Hail to the chief. He's the chief and he needs hailing.
0: As presidents, they couldn't get reelected. But as ex-presidents, somebody wants us dead. Everybody's after them to run again. Yeah! And again. Shoot and again. Just blend in. Jack Lemmon, James Garner, Dan Aykroyd. What are you doing here? Are you coming out? No, I'm not coming out. He is My Fellow Americans.
1: And I just love it. So I love it so much. And it may seem kind of like a cop-out because we've talked about it, but i got to tell you, I think it holds up. Because not only is it just incredibly funny, I mean, here's the thing, James uh, Garner and Jack Lemon, they've got this weird partnership where, like, everything they do is comedy gold. It's like you add Walter Matthau in the mix, and, it, you know, your head just explodes from laughter. Yeah, pretty much. Um but i i you know and i won't go too, too too much into it but something that is kind of uh funny to me is that they seem to be dealing with uh you know i don't want to say issues that that well yeah i will it's issues that we're facing today and this movie was like what 20 years ago um you know they they meet people who are uh living in a car they haven't they haven't got a lot of Um, You know, money and taxes and politics come into play before people. And, you know, it's about these two ex-presidents coming together to sort of recognize that the country that they love so much and that they thought they did so much for maybe just needs a lot more help than they realized. Um so you know while simultaneously <laughs> avoiding the FBI that there's some plot to like kill them and in a coup um yeah, and sure. they have to go undercover you know as you do mm-hmm. uh and there seems so fanciful
0: of... <laughs> now doesn't <it? laughs>
1: Exactly but there's there's lots of funny bits in it and a lot of um just super 90s humor which I think is hilarious but uh I, I think if you're going to go ahead and, and give it a shot, which you definitely should, um, you can actually find this, I believe, right now on Amazon. Yes, yeah. so Amazon right now you can find it if you have a subscription, and of course you can rent it. We uh, do YouTube, uh, Direct TV, Fandango Now, all those places for about two or three bucks. Um, you know they give it a six point five on IMDb, so it's not necessarily super high up there, and I get that but and Metascore gives it a 49 so it's not great there either um but i still think it's a funny movie and it's one of those things where i don't want to defend it if i like it i like it right and if you like it you like it this just happens to be a movie that i find funny there you go so it's just a little bit of humor my next pick will be a little more darker um but like i said you can get that on amazon it's like three bucks to rent um and yeah, just if you want to spend an hour and a half just laughing at really silly old men, this is the movie to do it with.
0: Hmm. Nice. I, you know, it. I have fond memories of that movie. See, I saw it in the theater when it came out and really, yeah. you know, and I think, uh, you know, I was one of the few that really enjoyed it, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that I, you know, that I talked to. So, yeah, I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, and it's so funny because um, I completely forgot about it until you just mm. brought it up. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I, I, I'm <laughs> i surprised that one did not pop up on my radar when I was picking. So so that's a good well, one know, like that. Well,
1: you know, we talked about what do we want to do for our first episode? Do we want to kind of do like a look back on 2020? Or do we kind of, you know, want to go forward? And we decided to do this president theme. And I thought, you know what? There's so much stuff going on right now with our politics. Let's just be funny. It's it's nice to think of like, uh, you know, these guys in the nineties when really the only, the biggest problem they had to solve was, uh, you know, where to get old man drawers or something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's definitely not that way now. I mean, Mm. Biden's going to contend with, uh, overriding racial inequality, wealth inequality, inequality, the pandemic, like he's got a lot on his plate. So, uh, yeah,
0: it's a big plate.
1: It's a big plate. Also, uh, Uh, I'll interject right before you go, but did you see that Bernie Sanders meme going around? I would not have seen (laughs) it. It was so good. And I just want to say that that man is honestly, he's my favorite old grandpa dude because all the money that he, or his company, I should say, is making from the sale of these shirts with that image on is being donated to Vermont's Meal on Wheels program to feed the elderly during the pandemic. I mean, how cool is that? I'm
0: feeling the burn totally.
1: Feeling the burn, always feeling the burn.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, that's an awesome thing to take something that was kind of just some silly, frivolous thing and actually uh, make it into something that does some good. So there you go. Mm -hmm. I like it. All right. So I decided to go with I mean, you know, because my brain is warped. um, I decided to go to not only movies that deal with presidents, but movies that have something else in common besides that. So both my picks do involve involve American presidents, but they also both involve presidents who were unelected by the people and came to office through unforeseen circumstances. So my first pick was released into a few theaters and sort of came and went with little fanfare. It's a, a low budget film with some recognizable, if not a list actors. Uh, it takes place on pretty much one set and plays out kind of like a stage production. So it's about an unelected U.S. president who is faced with an impossible decision that could potentially start World War III. Uh The movie is 1999's Deterrence. When the five member nations of the Security Council were confirmed to have nuclear arsenals, it was assumed they would never be used. Deterrence. Was our global shield. We are now getting word from our correspondents
1: that the United Nations-led American peacekeeping force has been overrun.
0: Suppose you tell me why I'm hearing about the start of World War III on the television. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Here we go. Unless your leader immediately withdraws from his position... I will authorize the dropping of a multi-megaton nuclear device. What you're
1: about to do is not in your best interest or that of the country.
0: Let's be clear. If we attack, we attack, and it's going to be major. Nuclear warfare is not about
1: gambling. It's about certainty, strategic certainty, moral certainty.
0: Do I seem uncertain to you? So, in the film, President Walter Emerson is trapped, both literally and figuratively, he was appointed vice president by the previous commander-in-chief, who then passed away, leaving Emerson as an unelected and unpopular president. So he was not elected, but through circumstances found himself as president of the United States. Now, he's played by comedian Kevin Pollack. Um, mm. And if you're unfamiliar with him, uh, he was in The Usual Suspects, and he was also uh, co-counsel in A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise and Demi Moore. So in the film, President Emerson, along with his chief of staff, his Secret Service detail, and his national security advisor are stranded at a Colorado roadside diner because of a blizzard. So they commandeer the diner to use as a temporary base of operations. And the owner and the employees are not particularly happy about this because they basically got this armed encampment taken over their diner. Uh, And for good measure, there are a few mm, colorful local types that are waiting out the storm inside the diner as well. Um, So you've got this kind of like tinderbox, this mix of things that's, you know, not exactly going well because, you know, most people are not approving of this president. So things start to get tense when a dangerous situation begins to unfold in the Middle East. So Iraq has begun to invade neighboring Kuwait and has killed American troops there. Meanwhile, most of America's armed forces are otherwise engaged, and they can't be mobilized in time to be deployed to fight this Iraqi incursion. So, using a camera crew that's with the president's entourage, the president announces to the world that if Iraqi troops do not withdraw immediately, he will authorize the dropping of a 100 megaton nuclear device on Baghdad, which is freaks everybody out because he did not tell anyone he was going to do this. He did. He was just like, this is what I'm going to do. And he says it on national television. Ooh. And everybody's freaking out like, you can't do that. What? Uh, so calling the president's bluff, the Iraqi leader claims that he has 23 nuclear ICBMs that he purchased from a foreign power that are now aimed at the United States and will use them if provoked. So this begins this incredibly tense game of brinksmanship to see who's going to blink first. Now, the president seems bent on dropping this nuke while everyone else tries to get him to call it off. And people are starting to point out that this president is Jewish and that causes his motivations to come into question because, you know, huh. dropping a bomb on Baghdad, uh, you know, could raise some eyebrows, maybe just a few. So tensions in the diner come to a boiling point and even come to violence. Uh, But the president stays resolute and is determined to see this crisis through to its conclusion. And I will tell you this, if you have not seen this movie, it is a conclusion that no one sees coming. Uh, uh, So I was one of the relative few people who saw this movie in the theater. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Mm -hmm. There are some moments that are, you know, a little strained believability a bit. And the dialogue is a bit preachy. But overall, it really works well as a suspenseful thriller. And the performances are really good too. There's Timothy Hutton as the chief of staff, uh, Cheryl Lee okay. Ralph as the NatSec advisor. Um, there's only one that character that really didn't work well. And okay, so try to picture this. Try to picture this. Uh, cute little Samwise Gamgee uh, playing a local loudmouth redneck. <laughs> yes, Sean Astin <laughs> trying wow. to be uh, trying to be some some like redneck like uh, you know uh, troublemaker. It was in the diner. Right. So there you go. There, yeah, try to picture that one. It, 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 yeah, I didn't quite buy that one, but that's OK. But overall, Deterrence is a claustrophobic thriller with some pretty shocking moments and an unexpected twist ending. It is well worth checking out, in my opinion. So I'm going to get to the skewers. 6.4 out of 10 on the Internet Movie Database. And eh, not great. 46% on Rotten Tomatoes, kind of in the middle there. But if you want to watch this film and once again I do recommend it, you can get it on most streaming services for 2.99, including Amazon Prime Video, Vudu, and Google Play. So that's my first pick, Deterrence.
1: Nice. Yeah. Okay then. All right. Okay, Whew. I don't know how I'm going to I'm going to follow that up, but uh I shall try. Uh, okay, so my second pick is definitely uh, a little bit darker than my uh, fellow like Americans. <laughs> um, uh, but it was directed by Sidney Lumet, or Lume? Lumet? I'm going to call him Lumet. I believe it's um, Lumet,
0: but yeah.
1: Is it Lumet? Okay, cool. So. He he is sort of well known for uh, lots of things, but I would imagine mostly uh, for 12 Angry Men, uh, starring Henry Fonda. Um, but he also directed a film called Spell Safe It came out in 1964 and basically it is kind of one of these like on, I guess for 1964, you could say it's on your sort of seat thriller type thing. Um, But the basic sort of plot of this movie is it it starts off with like the president who's Henry Fonda uh, is touring some air base. I think it's in Nebraska. Um, And it coincidentally, over the radar, something, you know, kind of indicates, like, you get that traditional or, like, sort of um, trope shot of a green uh, screen with, like, a little dot flashing. Yeah. Um, and sort of like this un- unidentified aircraft um, flying. Uh Says that turns out they were like, and they were kind of like freaking out about it, right? Because the, the first thing that I think that we said that maybe people in our, our government think is invaders, intruders, you know, like we got to get uh, all the bombs ready, we got to get the troops ready, we, it, all that sort of thing. Um, and actually, that sort of mentality will play a part in this movie, uh, going forward. You know what you're saying. Do you believe that communism is not our mortal enemy? You're justifying murder, yeah. To keep from being murdered. In the name of what? To preserve what? Even if we do survive, what are we? Better than what we say they are? What gives us the right to live then? What makes us worth surviving, Grotter that we are ruthless enough to strike first? Yes! Those who can survive are the only ones worth surviving. Fighting for your life isn't the same as murder. Where do you draw the line once you know what the enemy is? How long would the Nazis have kept it up, General, if every Jew they came after had met them with a gun in his hand?
0: But I learned from them, General Black. Oh, I learned. You learned
1: too well, Professor. You learned so well that now there's no difference between you and what you want to kill. They, they order uh, to to be shot down, basically. Uh, And and then, then, of course, it's like, oh, hey, it's just a regular passenger airplane. But the orders are out there, uh, and now the pilots who were sent to go and shoot this thing down can't get the the radio distress call or whatever to come back down and and abandon the mission because for some reason, things are jammed. Well, it turns out their communications are jammed due to interference from Moscow, which, this is 1964, right? So Mm -hmm. we're talking like Cold War era, and I feel like every every movie, right, that has this sort of time period, it was all about American fear of the Cold War, or what's right. going to happen, and the fear of the unknown, right? Because we didn't know what they had, what kind of power they they could... I mean, thinking about, like, nuclear holocaust and all that sort of thing. By the way, tension. I kind of don't like how we call everything a such-and-such such holocaust. It kind of diminishes, like, the actual holocaust, in my opinion, but I digress.
0: Uh, I see that, except the word came from then you know, I don't Ex-
1: know yeah i know i know it's got this connotation to it where it can be applicable in so many situations but in i don't know i guess maybe in my opinion and it's a little bit narrow-minded i'm kind of like ooh, i don't know if that's pc or not mm. but anyways <clears throat> um henry fonda's like oh oh boy we've got the russians now hacking us uh and so now it's a it's a game of back and forth like uh we one we have to get these people these like fighter pilots out of the air um and they're not getting our signals due to Russia so we're going to send up more planes and we're going to sacrifice our own men and shoot them down mm. um and then kind of bigger things come into play where now we're looking at it from Russia's point of view and they're like oh no you know we're this is America we hate them and whatever and we're going to drop a bomb on on so and so's um you know land or whatever turns out that even though they they enabled the communications as it were The pilots who then received this word and were like, hey, calm down, you know, pause everything, don't start this nuclear war, they were like, nah, that's not real. (laughs) This is just the Russians, you know, telling us a lie or whatever. So they keep going. (laughs) And now we've got this like really tense situation where uh, they're like, we can't stop them. They're going to drop a bomb uh, on on Moscow and like, it's going to be huge um and so what happens well the president i don't know if you call it a russian president maybe i I don't know the leader and uh henry fonda is like all right cool we made a mistake and the russians are like yeah we made a mistake too but there's nothing you can do and unless you make this right on your end you know you're gonna have hell to pay basically yeah uh so henry fonda is like he's faced this, this impossible decision um because he, he can't kind of things are that He can't stop right now. Uh, and so the end of the movie is kind of like one of those cliffhangers, but like, it's a legitimate cliffhanger because, uh, he basically says to, to the Russian sort of correspondent or contemporary, like, all right, I, we made a mistake. My bad. (laughs) Let's let's just bomb New York.
0: Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) Uh
1: let's, let's make it better. Right. And, and we're going to, you know, uh, even it out, we're going to take the hits, we're going to take the sacrifices and show you that we that it was a mistake and that we're willing to, you know, I don't know, sacrifice our own kinsmen or whatever. Uh, turns out that the First Lady is also in New York and mm-hmm. so is a bunch mm-hmm. of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the end of the movie kind of, you're led to believe that this plan is going to come through or come to fruition and going to follow through, but it sort of just fades to black with all those people like just randomly walking around in New York yep. and like they have no idea. They're Oblivious. kind of, you know, they're oblivious to what's
0: yep.
1: potentially going to be like the start of again world war three. So this would be heavy, right? It's heavy for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons, but, but I think, you know, if you were to uh, take the obvious aside, right. So like Russia and the cold war and nuclear bombs aside and all that, the, the idea that these two singular people on the planet have the power to destroy worlds uh, is terrifying right it's just for me that just makes it like really visceral and i'm like oh what if this could actually happen because of course we don't know we're not in charge of politics right and and it was kind of um it was kind of weird too because like watching the end of the movie and these people just kind of oblivious and walking around like you know their daily life or whatever and you're like well that's what people were doing on Mm 9-11 right just getting coffee in the morning." And then 9-11 happens and the world is never the same. So, oh man. And this was, this was great because I, first of all, I love Henry Fonda. I think he mm-hmm. is yeah. superb. I can't think of one, one thing that I was just like, all right, dude, you should have made that movie. So good. And also Walter was in it too. He's a professor in it. Um, uh, yeah, just, it, it's a really, it's a tough movie in the sense that it is a struggle to get through because you just want to know what the heck is going on. Right. Like, and it's scary to think that that these people have these powers. I mean, literally, the world population, their lives are in the hands of these two men. Um, sort of, it's kind of a pissing contest, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it, it's just, yeah. It's I can't say that it is a great, uh, excuse me, a fun movie to watch. It's definitely not. <laughs> but it is. It, I think it's an important movie because it doesn't strive to be. Um, this is like pre-comedy, I think, Walter Matthau, right? And and pre-comedy Henry Fonda. It doesn't strive to be anything other than a serious pre-war mm-hmm. yeah. movie, you know? Uh, it's so uh, popular that it gets an 8.0 on IMDb wow, nice. and a 75 on Metascore, or Metacritic, I should say. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it something around, I think it was an 81 so it's, it's, it's pretty much up there. Now, um, it was hard to find. The only reason why I remembered it is because I remember watching it, um, like, on TMC years ago with my mom and thinking, oh, great, it's Walter Matthau. It's going to be funny. Nope. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, you know, what's interesting is that I watched it, uh, like, a day or two before the uh, uh, Chal- the Challenger air shuttle explosion thing not challenger um what's the other one <laughs> I'm sorry to say that but so the, the one that kind of blew over texas um oh yeah yeah, yeah. i can't
0: uh, i don't remember it. Either. you know what i mean yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so i watched it a couple days before that and and it brings me back to like i guess a loss of innocence if i could say it like that um because now that i'm older i'm an adult and i recognize it and i realize that these people do have these kind of powers um it makes you think like oh wow i'm not sure if you ever really are safe um and you know the the i think the title sail safe alludes to the fact that like if we don't get our way we can always fall back on the fact that we have nuclear weapons like we didn't learn from nagasaki and hiroshima we didn't learn from any of that stuff which we're just going to keep them and and then of course Fast forward or fast forward 30 years in the future and we're suddenly weapons of mass destruction is on every news channel and It's become vernacular of any sort of two thousands kids growing up, you know So I don't know. It's a very telling movie and I think that if you have a chance to watch it You really should and you should take it kind of slow. Like don't go into it with this idea like all right, cool We already know what's gonna happen or whatnot. Just kind of pay attention to everything now it is a black and white film, right? Um, which I've said before. I love black and white mm, films. Yeah, I, I think that they they have a certain uh, charm that you just can't get because you have to imagine things around you, and then uh, and you have to imagine the color of things, the way it looks, the way it plays with different parts of the scene and whatnot. And and like sometimes you can watch an actor and they're sweating, right? And it's like a really tense moment, um, and you can see that sweat. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see it. It's kind of like that, you know? But anyways, I digress. It's a wonderful movie. It's pretty highly rated. You can find it right now if you rent it on Amazon and Google Play, Vudu, Fandango. Now, you know, the usuals, right? But I personally would recommend buying it. You can buy it right now for 10 bucks on Amazon. You can buy it on Google Play for 12 bucks. It's worth having in your uh, movie repertoire if you ever want to kind of like come back down to earth after watching a Pixar movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay then, all right. Okay. So have you? So that's um... my second pick. Great, I love it. That's a fantastic movie. It really yeah, is. Yes, thank you. Uh, have you? Um, have you heard of the the remake that they did?
1: Um, no, but I well, I should say I've heard of it. I have never watched it though.
0: Yeah, they they decided. I don't know why, but it, it was in two thousand that they did it, um, and it was a it was a, a, a live. I think it was a live TV drama. Uh um, oh. with, and it was in black and white too, which I thought was interesting. And it takes place in the same time period, 1964. And it was, uh, George Clooney and Richard Dreyfuss and some other people. Um, yeah, it was kind of an interesting experiment, but, uh, not, not quite as impactful, of course, as the original. But, you know, there you go.
1: That's, that's one of those ones you gotta be really careful. Like, it's like, imagine someone trying to remake the List. Like, yeah. why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah but okay yeah george clooney uh, what was he the president
0: um i think been. that was richard dreyfus i'm pretty sure yeah That's okay i'll while. make sense.
1: but yeah oh i did not know that they made they made a remake but yep. uh yeah anyways
0: <laughs> i'm pick. probably not
1: gonna watch it and, <laughs> thank yeah. you
0: fantastic i love it all right so my second pick yep. now as we all know in 2008, Barack Obama became the first African-American to become president of the United States. Now, there were several fictional black presidents depicted on screen before that. And, you know, usually they were played by Morgan Freeman. So, uh, the, but the first, the very first fictional black president on screen was portrayed by a young actor who would go on to have an incredible career and become one of the most popular movie villains of all time. No, I do not have COVID. Was um, that Darth Vader? That was Darth Vader. And of course, the voice of Darth Vader... I don't know his name, James Earl Jones. There you go, National Treasure, <laughs> James Earl Jones. I, I almost said Mufasa. <laughs> that would be. Would I wouldn't be that.
1: wrong though. We would have counted. Yeah, that. that's fine. Okay.
0: Um, now he was the first actor to play a black U.S. president, uh, and that was in a fairly obscure 1972 made-for-TV movie called "The Man." Now it was based on the novel by author Irving Wallace, and so it tells the story of a young African-American senator named Douglas Dillman. Now, as the film begins, a devastating building collapse at a foreign summit takes the lives of the current president and the Speaker of the House. Now, normally, the vice president would take over, as is the line of succession. But the vice president is battling a terminal illness at the time and can't take the job. The Constitution says that the president pro tempore of the Senate is third in line of presidential succession. And that man was Senator Dillman in the movie. Now, as expected, Dillman runs into a lot of opposition from both sides of the aisle. He's a moderate, so he's attacked by both sides. And he's too black for racially biased conservatives and not black enough for activists in the African-American community. Now, most Americans have little confidence in this new commander in chief, uh, as evidenced by his initial approval rating, which is a Trump level 39%. So he's <laughs> not, you know, he's not getting off to a good start. And if that weren't bad enough, his secretary of state who is fourth in the line of succession is plotting to undermine new president Dillman and install himself as president. So, now, thankfully, the movie leaves behind any kind of fanciful, over-the-top conspiracies or assassination plots or anything like that. The drama mostly comes from this new president being overwhelmed while trying to navigate the office when literally everyone is against him, including his own daughter who is an activist. So, it's uh, it's not so much the drama of, oh, what's going to happen? Is somebody going to kill him? Blah, 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 blah. It's all about him trying to get get familiar with the job with basically all the strikes on, all the strikes against him. Uh, so it's very interesting in that respect. Um Now the movie itself has a pretty interesting backstory. It was originally intended as an ABC movie of the week, but after it was completed, the decision was made to release it theatrically through Paramount Pictures. And aside from James Earl Jones, who gives, you know, an amazing performance, there's a, uh, a solid cast of veteran actors, including Burgess Meredith, uh, Martin Balsam, William Wyndham, people like that. But the screenplay was written by none other than the creator of The Twilight Zone, Rod Serling. Ooh. Yeah. Now, speaking of Twilight Zone, the film's score was composed by the legendary Jerry Goldsmith, who, among many other films, scored Twilight Zone the movie. So a little bit of a thing there. Huh. In the director's chair was a man named Joseph Sargent. And his career had more ups and downs than a yo-yo on a trampoline. Uh, he directed an amazing film in the 70s called The Taking of Pelham one 2 3, which also had Mar- uh, Walter Matthau in a really great act kind of action movie. But he also directed The Unforgivable Jaws, The Revenge. Mm. So, yeah, there's that. So, Now, the movie itself is an interesting relic of its time. And uh, fortunately, it does rely more on the drama, of the situation rather than any kind of sensationalism. Uh, and of course, you know, James Earl Jones with that voice and that presence, you know, he just carries the whole thing forward and gives a fantastic performance, uh, in the film. So it it's, you know, it's a bit dated of course, from, you know, being in the seventies and, uh, you know, it's sometimes the, even though it probably shouldn't be the level of racism is almost cartoonish. It, you know, but and then you think about it, you're like, well, maybe not. You know, maybe maybe it is really like that. Uh, so, but it is kind of an interesting little time capsule, uh, and once again, it has a certain historical significance because it was the first time uh, a black person was portrayed as being the president of the of the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, the scores: seven out of ten on the Internet Movie Database, no Rotten Tomato scores, uh, and as far as I can tell. There has never been an official release of The Man on home video. However, the entire film is available to watch on YouTube for the low, low price of absolutely free. Ooh. Yeah. So that's my second pick, The Man. Very, very interesting movie. Very interesting. So, uh, you know, it's uh, very 70s in its attitudes. Um, but still definitely worth, worth watching for it, especially for James Earl Jones. Nice. Yeah. There you go.
1: Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So, we had some good picks.
0: I think so too. I think so too. Uh, you know, and there, and it's funny because going through, uh, going through the, the candidates, so to speak for, uh, for this podcast, there were so many movies that could have made it on this list, you know, like all the presidents, yeah. men, the American president, which, you know, opened the show. Dave which I absolutely love uh, with Kevin <laughs> klein uh primary colors with John Travolta uh and of course the most presidential film of all time Air Force One with Harrison Ford mm. yeah mm. so but there are so many others were there any that didn't quite make your top two but you you liked as well
1: yeah uh, uh quite a few that were president wasn't the sole sort of Character, but more of a supporting role. Uh, things like Monsters Inc. Because uh, <laughs> Stephen Colbert voices the president uh, in that, yeah, and yeah. it's just hilarious. Um, but you could argue things like E. T. could be a president movie, right? Because we're talking about president, i. e., government, and, and sort of any any movie with aliens and the government. Uh, Independence Day kind of comes to mind.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Um, I thought I thought like oh, I could be funny into that, it, but it's. That kind of thing is, like, it's not far-fetched by any means. It just wasn't the direction I thought that we we were going to go in. So, um, But, yeah, I always love a good uh, watching of Independence Day. Jeffrey Goldblum is my hero. So oh, anything, he he's in, mm. yeah, anything he's in, anything he's in, I just love that man.
0: Oh, yeah. I just love oh, that yeah. man. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs>
1: So to recap, my two picks were My Fellow Americans, a funny, funny, funny movie you should watch, and my second one, not so funny, Fail Safe with Henry Fonda and, and Walter Matthau. It's an important movie. It's a troubling, yes. I guess. It's Happy deep movie. But you it, is, watch
0: it. it. Really is. It's kind of a downer, but I think it's still well worth a watch. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, my first pick was 1999's *Deterrence*, which is basically kind of a single-set claustrophobic uh, thriller <laughs> where a president has to make an impossible decision. And then my second pick was 1972's The Man, starring James Earl Jones as a black senator who finds himself, through unforeseen circumstances, thrust into the Oval Office as President of the United States. And those, Mm. ladies and gentlemen, are our picks for this week. But are we done? No. No, we're not done. We're not done. As a matter of fact, we have a special announcement to make.
1: We're having pizza for
0: dinner. Not that. That's different. Oh. Uh, no, that's now, not
1: special.
0: I have that every night. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of months ago, we announced that we were having a contest. Oh, yeah. That's I remember. Right. Now, anyway, we asked for suggestions for future mm-hmm. episodes. And after utilizing a sophisticated algorithm to determine a winner, in other words, we, you know, we picked ideas we liked, uh, we can <laughs> now officially... Name the winner. Can I get a drum roll, please? Oh, thank you, that's a good one. I like that. All right, our winner of the contest is... Danny Roberts of Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, yes, that's right. Congratulations, Danny. Thank you, Danny. And what will Danny Roberts receive as a prize? A brand new car. Well, we couldn't afford that. So, in any event, he's going to get the Deep Dive Podcast t-shirt of his choice from our merch store, made by the fine people at Mm. Teespring. Also, vinyl magnets, stickers, pins, and buttons. It's a prize package worth several dollars.
1: (laughs) Next up, Game of Plinko.
0: Oh, I love Plinko. I love Plinko. I do, I do.
1: Congrats, Danny. Thank yes. you so much for sending in your your suggestions. I mean honestly, it, it means a lot that you listen to us and that you uh, you took the time and I'm happy that you won. I'm happy that you're in Vegas and you get to proudly wear this t-shirt to exactly. tell everyone that exactly. we have at least the number four podcast in your life.
0: Let's hope it's that high. Uh, <laughs> so that's you know uh, I, and we're gonna try to get Danny on the show uh and yeah. we're not going to announce what uh, what the winning idea is yet but you know we'll do that uh when we actually uh put the show uh put the show out there and put it online uh so look forward to that in the coming weeks so that should be very exciting and Woo! yeah yeah it's gonna be awesome all right and so, thank you to everybody who participated because oh, we yes. had a lot of entries and that was really cool
1: and yes. some mm. really cool ideas too and you know what this isn't the last time. I have a feeling. I've got a feeling that we might be doing this again.
0: Yes. I have a something feeling like we'll be, it. Yeah, we'll be doing something similar, I'm sure, you know. It's um it's fun and our yeah. lawyers say we can get away with it. So because it's you know <laughs> because there's no money involved. So that's great. Oh yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I think that's gonna <laughs> wrap it up for this episode. Uh, this was fun this was good i, I like yeah you know, i i would i i think i ventured to say that if things had gone a different way during uh during the uh election last year we probably wouldn't be doing this episode uh so yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So we I'm, needed a little bit of time i'm glad
0: this, i'm very glad that we're, we're yeah able to do this one and and do it with a little bit of hopefulness hopefulness yes
1: and joy for the future but you know hey the rules still stay the same listen to our podcast and wear your mask
0: Absolutely. Please, please keep doing that. We want you to stay safe. We don't want to lose anybody at this stage when we're so we can't close. Afford to.
1: We're so close. <laughs> we're just about to get 10 followers. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, one out of 10 gets COVID and that's it. We're down to nine. That's it. Maybe eight. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like no. those odds.
1: Oh, yeah. Lordy, Lordy. But we've got some cool things coming up, cool things in the works. It's going to be a really great year for our podcast. I mean, like I said, we're coming up on 100 episodes. Uh, and you know, I just, I'm so excited for what our podcast future holds that I might just actually start listening to
0: our episodes. Really? I wow. mean, yeah, listen
1: to them all the time. You can't get
0: like most people to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord. Oh my gosh. Anyways. Goodness. So make sure to check out the link on our website at the deep dot If you haven't already subscribe, subscribe, and of course subscribe. And thank you to all of our thank listeners. Thank you. Yes. I feel like I'm on PBS from viewers like <laughs> you. Thank you. Except it
1: would be audience. Would it be audience or like audio engineers like
0: you? I don't know. What's the Anyways. singular of audience? Uh. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, lonely.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh.
1: Thank you for listening and sticking by us these last almost three years. That's bizarre to say.
0: Yeah, uh. I know. But hey it's so you know, weird we yeah a lot longer than like i think like 90 percent of the podcasts out there so <laughs> hey i'm cool with that i'm we're happy. doing
1: we're doing good we're doing yeah. good so thanks for listening check out our instagram and our other social media you can also see our merch store you can kind of take a look at what danny has won and maybe think hey maybe i wanted one of those and you don't have to wait for a contest you can just go ahead and order one yeah
0: you want to be cool don't you
1: do <laughs> you do it do it do it, do it. anyways Check us out, deepdivepodcast.com, and we'll be coming back shortly with another microcast, I imagine, and another episode, which is yet to be announced.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's coming. It's coming. All right. So, for the Mandalorian or Mandavision and myself, Tom Feeney, goodbye, 2020. You were a crap year and will be remembered as such forever. Thanks. Good riddance. Yes, I know. All right. Take care of yourself, people. Bye. Bye. All clips are intended for educational use only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive theme was arranged and performed by Ryan Blaney and produced by EchoCraft. The Deep Dive podcast is a production of Automaton Studios. we are the mediocre presidents you won't
1: find our faces on dollars or on cents there's taylor there's tyler there's still more and there's hayes there's william henry harrison i died in 30 days we are the adequate forgettable Mm.